Out of fear of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the rivers flow and the ocean never overflows. Out of fear of Him only does the fire burn and does the earth with its mountains not sink in the water of the universe. Purport, we can understand from the Vedic literature that this universe is half filled with water on which Garbho Dakshai Vishnu is lying. From his abdomen a lotus flower has grown and within the stem of that lotus flower all the different planets exist. The material scientist explains that all these different planets are floating because of the law of gravity or some other law. But the actual lawmaker is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When we speak of law, we must understand that there, there must be a lawmaker. The material scientists can discover laws, laws of nature, but they are able to recognize the lawmaker. In Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, we know who the lawmaker is. The lawmaker is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is said here, that the planets do not sink. Since they are floating under the order or energy of the Supreme Godhead, they do not fall down into the water, which covers half the universe. All the planets are heavy with their various mountains, seas, oceans, cities, palaces and buildings. And yet, they are floating. It is understood from this passage that all the other planets that are floating in the air have oceans and mountains similar to those on this planet. Srila Prabhupada was once walking along the beach, he did, with some of his disciples in Los Angeles. And he pointed at the ocean and said, why this ocean is so vast, it doesn't come any further, it only comes up to a certain point. It's because the ocean is also under the direction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Rarely the ocean may invade the land that's been called tsunami. But generally, even though it's so vast and so powerful, it can go up to a certain distance. And that's all. Except when the time comes for universal destruction, then the water increases so much. Well, there are various destructions. And then at the end of Brahma's day, the destruction is up to the heavenly planets. So the ocean is under the control of Krishna. All the, the, in, in the first of these three verses, in which it's talking about fear of the Supreme Lord, first of all said that the demigods and the planets they inhabit are acting out of fear of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then it was said all the, the, the plants, the trees, they act according to the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And now it says, now the Lord says, that all these functions in nature, they're all going on by the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Here it said that the, mount, the, the, the earth with its mountains does not sink in the water of the un in the water of the universe. If you think about it, it should, shouldn't it? Heavy planet, how is it staying up? 
they say gravity. And the Bhagavatam gives the version that they're held, the planets are held in the wind. But whichever way you take it, the Supreme, it's, everything's going on by the direction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Maya Dhyakshena Prakritihi. It's all going on under His supervision. So whether you conclude gravity or you can control, you say it's air or whatever it may be, one who is udharadi, one who is broader intelligence, accepts that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is behind it all. Of course, there is an instance of the earth falling into the ocean and we'll be celebrating that tomorrow, the Mahadwadashi that is dedicated to Varaha Dev, the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of a boar, he took that form, which is very suitable for the boar has to look around in the dirty drain water and find what is there valuable. Of course, there's nothing valuable in the drain, but for the, for the boar, he finds there's some valuable food. Some stool gets washed out. I saw once in Vrindavan, just in front of Radharaman, new temple at the at the foot of the hill, Dwadashaditya Tila. There was a a drain with the water, and a little pig was just big enough to fit inside the drain. Was in the drain because it was early morning. That's the time when. Pig's breakfast comes down in the drain. <coughs> Your breakfast yesterday becomes pig's breakfast today. So then he, then he couldn't get out. He was in anxiety. What to do? He was stuck. He jumped in enthusiastically into the drain to get something nice to eat, but then couldn't get out. And his mother was wondering what to do. I didn't wait around to see how that drama unfolded. Anyway, the point is that everything is going on. Everything is going on under the influence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is Bahiranga Shakti. He is working. Everything within here is working out of fear of Him. In this material world, the predominant Motive or the predominant emotive is fear, and in the spiritual world, it's pure love. So, these two energies, Antaranga Shakti, Bahiranga Shakti, they work very similarly. They both uh, manifest different universes with plants, trees, human beings. Very similar in many ways, the spiritual world and the material world. But there's a difference in outlook and attitude. In the spiritual world, everything is centered around Krishna for love of Him only. That's called Amendriya Priti Vancha Amendriya Priti Icha. 
Dari Premanam. That's sorry, getting mixed up. Yeah. Armendri Priti Vancha Tare Balaikam. Krishnendriya Priti Icha Dare Premanam. The acting out of the desire to satisfy one's own senses, that is called mundane lust. And acting out of a desire to satisfy Krishna's transcendental senses, that is called preem. So the material world and the spiritual world are very similar. One is the material world is a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. But in the spiritual world, everything works on the principle of preem. Here, we, we could change this at least the English translation, to our, the, the first of these verses talks about the different demigods. So, or the, who are overseeing the natural functions. So, it's stated here, out of fear of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the wind blows. But in the spiritual world, out of love of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the wind blows. Dear Samir, that's described as Dhira Samir Ghat in Vrindavan Dham. Dhira Samir means gentle breeze, not a big hurricane that we get in this material world, big hurricane. But in the spiritual world, there is a gentle breeze. And although Lord Krishna says, Natadbhasayate Surya Nashashanko Napavakaha, in the spiritual world, there's no sun or moon or wind. There is, but not material, sun or moon or wind. There is. All these things are there. But everything is for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord. The sun is rising to show the apparent time and the time in which the Supreme Lord, now it's time for him to do this, another activity. He leads a very regulated life, actually. But sometimes he may twist things a little for his own, you could say, for his own benefit. Or for his, not that he needs to get anything from anyone, but out of love for his devotees, just like with this uh, Jayadrat, the sun was setting, 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 then it set. And Jayadrat was very happy because he thought that, well, now Arjuna will is obliged to enter fire because Arjuna vowed that tomorrow, which means today, because uh, he took the vow on the previous day, Tomorrow I will either kill Jayadrat before the uh, sunset, which is marked by the blowing of the conch and the end of hostilities, or if I don't kill him, then I shall enter fire and kill myself. So it appeared that the sun had set, and the Kauravas were very happy. That and that means that Arjuna, he's with the setting of the sun, it means that Arjuna's also got to go with him. 
he cannot live having having made that vow uh, and it not being fulfilled. But then Krishna, by his mystic potency, showed that the sun is still in the sky. It hasn't set at all. So the Jayadrat and his company, they let down their guard. They thought, oh, now we know. They had such faith in Arjuna's word of honor as a Kshatriya that he said he will enter fire. So wonderful. Let's just uh, relax. In the meantime, Arjuna took the opportunity to make his way through the enemy through the enemy forces, not even stopping to kill people. He wasn't caring about that. But he was his mind was fixed on killing Jayadrata. So the point being made here is that everything is working under the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In these purports, Prabhupada is supplying fuel for those who have surrendered their lives to Krishna, specifically to Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In the preaching movement, Sangatana movement, he's supplying fuel means, what does that mean? Here the word Indhe is given. It's burned. So from that we get the word Indhana, which means fuel. So fuel for the preachers is knowledge of Shastra, which gives us knowledge of the science of Krishna, who is Krishna, and explains what our relationship is with him, who the different demigods are, and how to act in that relationship. So nothing is nothing is left to chance. How we should eat, how we should sleep, how long we should sleep, what kind of clothes we should wear, of course that may not might not be in the original uh, Shastra. But it's certainly there in tradition that if you are from a certain caste, you have to wear your hair like this and only so many earrings, not more. So one can, by seeing, the, the, the Vedic culture is so set up, it's very systematic, that simply by seeing someone, you can know so much about them, Prabhupada described once, that by seeing a woman, you can understand is she married or not married? That's still going on in Hindu culture. But that's changing now. But if they're married, then they should have Sindur. And the uh, in Bengal, they'll have the, the red and white uh, Shaki, this, this uh, bracelet, bracelet. And then in South India and other parts of India also, they'll have the the women will have this uh, on their toes, this anklet. And in North India, outside, actually all of India, outside of Bengal, they'll, they'll wear the Mangal Sutra. And Prabhupada, he didn't explain all of that. Prabhupada explained more simply. If, if they're wearing white, then you understand they're a widow. 
and how the hair is parted. If it's parted in the center, that means a respectable woman. If it's parted at the side, it means prostitute. If it's loose, not tied up, or if it's shaved, there's no hair, it means she's a widow. So, like this. And men also, you by, by, by seeing them, you can understand how they're dressed. You can understand. Oh, this is Kshatriya, very opulent king. They'll, they'll wear certain insignia. Do you know what that word means? Insignia means the sign of a... you have that word in your language also? Similar word. It means like that, a royal or the sign of uh, someone who's royal or very special. So one can see. Of course, even by bodily construction, a Brahmin isn't expected to look like a Kshatriya. Kshatriya is big and strong. A Brahmin might be Madhvacharya, was like that, but generally not. When Krishna, Arjuna and Bhima came to Jarasandha in the dress of Brahmanas, he thought, these don't look like Brahmanas. They're very big and strong and you can even see they have the marks on their shoulders from carrying the, the bows, sorry, the arrows in the quiver. And they speak in very deep, grave, commanding voices, just like Kshatriyas, not like Brahmanas. So he could understand. But he thought, well, even if they are Kshatriyas, they've come in the dress of Brahmanas, so I'll oblige them. He was a great devotee of Brahmanas. And he also worshipped Lord Vishnu, but he was a demon. Because coming back to this subject here, this verse, he didn't fear the Supreme Lord. Feared him in the sense that he thought of him as his enemy. When when Jarasandha, he said that, yes, you, you can take charity from me, you've come asking for charity, but who are you anyway? You don't look like Brahmanas. And Krishna said, that's true. Well, this is Bhima, and this is Arjuna, and I'm your old enemy, Krishna. You know me very well. I chased you away so many times from Mathura. So Krishna recognized him as his enemy. So he achieved some relationship with Krishna. Not very good to be the enemy, but of course Krishna also took pleasure in seeing that who was Jara-sandha, who was joined together by Jara, become Jara-sandha, which means... Or, or it, no, then you could say he's Bhima-sandha. He's joined together by Jara and pulled apart by Bhim, Bhima-sandha. So he, he enjoyed to see that, how his body was broken in half. 
So he didn't fear the Supreme Lord. He feared, he ran away from Mathura 17 times. So some fear was there, but he didn't hear. Fear means that the, 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 the respect, it didn't, didn't respect that he is the Supreme Controller. He did and he didn't. He was a demon, but he worshipped the Supreme he worshipped Vishnu, but he was formerly in the form of Shalagram Shila. Worship Vishnu means, I don't see in Bhagavatam, it specifically states that he worshipped Vishnu, maybe elsewhere. There are so many other Puranas, Harivamsha Purana. I haven't read through that. It may be in some recension of the Mahabharata, there are so many verses which are not extant on this planet at the present time. But uh, even if he didn't directly, even if he didn't have a temple of Lakshmi Narayana, but the fact that he was a supporter of Brahminical culture meant that he was worshipping Vishnu because he is worshipping the Brahmanas and they were performing yagyas. No doubt they performed yagyas for him also. He would have them perform yagyas, and in the so in the in the yagya, the, the Vishnu is worshipped. So at least indirectly, he was worshiping Vishnu. But when Vishnu came in front of him directly, he thought, "This is my enemy," or he went to attack him. So formally, as a as a show, he was worshiping Vishnu, although he had an attitude of hate towards him. So, the fear of the Supreme Lord that's being mentioned here, that isn't the kind of fear that leads to hatred. You can be afraid, just like it, it was supposed by American military leaders that the people of Iraq must hate Saddam Hussein, because he was a tyrant, no doubt. And certainly they feared him. And those who executed him, they may have hated him, because previously they were living in fear of him. So they'd like to see him killed, and eventually they killed him. But another kind of fear is that one fears, but at the same time has respect and affection for. The demigods, they, they fear the Supreme Lord, but they have respect and dedication for him. So that's one stage of love, as we were discussing. It's not a very advanced stage of love, but it's, it's a beginning. And real love is when there's no fear. So this fear of the Supreme Lord, of the demigods, it's an in-between stage. There's somewhere in between the demoniac way of life and the devotional way of life. The demigods are generally reckoned as devotees. But they're interested in sense gratification, the same as the karmis in the lower planets are. But at the same time, they have affection for the Supreme Lord and they work according to his order. 
So they're in between, and they're more devotees than non-devotees. But they're in between. They're not pure devotees. So fear is required for persons who are not pure devotees, that they can at least start to recognize there's God. And if you don't do what he says, then you're going to get in trouble. So that's a beginning. It's a long way from pure love. But it's a beginning of devotional service, devotional life, to recognize there is a Supreme Lord. <coughs> mm. The implications of this are that one should engage in devotional service. There is a Supreme Lord controlling everything. From Him everything comes. Any uh, nominal theist will agree with this, a Christian will agree with this, a Muslim will agree with this, a Jew will agree with this, that there's a Supreme Lord and He's controlling everything. But at the same time in these religions, they, they emphasize there should be fear of the Supreme Lord. So they recognize that there's a Supreme Lord, but they, and even though they may be taught in their religions of love of God, practically they, they, they fear Him more. Why is that? Because their, their mentality is similar to that of the gross materialistic sense enjoyer. The only difference is that they have fear of the Supreme Lord, which the gross materialistic sense enjoyers don't have. They, they just simply, oh, just do whatever you like. There's no God. Let me do whatever I like. No one can stop me. Chanaka. No, not Chanaka. Charvaka. He says that. Ritang Kritva. Ritang Kritva. Yavaj Jivaj Sukham Jivaj. Bhasmi Bhutas Yadehasya King Puna Agavanava Vid. As long as you eat, then take plenty of ghee. Enjoy life by eating ghee. Don't worry for the future. Don't worry if you steal it. It doesn't matter because that uh, there's nothing, according to him, there's nothing moral or immoral. Simply one should enjoy life because when you die, everything is finished. So just enjoy life. Why, why bother worrying about punishment in a future life or karmic reactions? This is completely different outlook from that of the devotee who uh, he sees Krishna's uh, Krishna's hand in everything. Krishna's control is there in everything. So the beginning of devotion is to have some, to, well, to firmly believe that God exists and to, to have faith in Him and to have fear. That's the beginning. That if I do wrong, He will punish me. That's the beginning. But when one is at more advanced, one thinks, if Krishna does anything wrong, I'll punish him. Mother Yashoda is thinking. That's a very advanced level. Not to be imitated. Here, you can say, out of fear, all these verses, out of fear, 
of Krishna. The sun shines, the rain sends forth showers. Out of fear of Mother Yashoda, Krishna runs away. <coughs> Sometimes the gopis were saying to Krishna, we shall complain about you to your father. And Krishna would say, well, what will he do? He's just an old man. How can he punish me? Because Nanda and Yashoda had the child, Krishna, in their very old age. So Krishna sometimes shows uh, not concerned. Krishna, he fights with the big demons. He, tomorrow is Vraha Dvadashi. Where it's described how in this in this purport that we're reading today, it says that the earth with its mountains does not sink in the water of the universe. Well, it did sunk in the Garbhodak uh, ocean. In the Garbhodak, that's you don't really have to say anything else. It's, Udak means water, so it sunk in the Garbhodak. And then the Lord, taking the form of a boar, lifted that out because. It's it's just like some something falls down in the river. Then the then uh, the hog, not the river, the drain. That example, the dirty drain. You can't see the water so muddy and dirty, but the hog can put his nose in and have a look around and find out. So the earth fell in the Garbhodak ocean and the Lord took the form of a boar to lift up the earth, put the earth back in position. And he fought with Hiranyaksha. Later on as Nrsimhadeva, he fought with Hiranyakashipu. So that's pleasure for him to fight. He doesn't fight with all the demons, but he fights with very big demons. So it's not recommended to become a demon because you have to become a very big demon to attract Krishna, to fight with you. And even then, the result is not very good. The demons, they get merged into the Brahma Jyoti generally speaking. Which the devotees, they think, they, they consider that as Kavala Narakaya Teju Yashapura Akasha Pushpaita Dodantindriya. Is that the right verse? No, it's not. Anyway, the... Ah, yes. Yes. Kaivalya Narakaya They get merged in the... Uh, Brahman effulgence of the Lord, which the devotees think is like hell or worse than hell. So it's not good to be a demon. <laughs> that that gives pleasure to the Supreme Lord, but those who are fighting with him in that way, that the pleasure that he gets, the he helps the demons by removing them from their present sinful uh, present sinful 
outlook, although they're actually all devotees, ultimately. But he, he cuts that demoniac outlook. But for those who are not very big demons, then they have to suffer in hell. So better to be a devotee. Out of fear, that is a beginning. Out of fear means if I don't act properly, I'll be punished. So I should follow the rules of dharma. Dharma is much misunderstood. There's a book there. You have Hindu dharma by the ex-Kanchi Shankaracharya, Chandrasekhar Indran Saraswati. So it seems that he has a good understanding of what is dharma. He describes in some detail with apparently quite good understanding, but ultimately his understanding is wrong because he doesn't understand that the ultimate purpose of all this is to serve Krishna. He thinks that ultimately the Shastra just exists, it doesn't come. Even though they'll say, yes, it comes from Narayan, they'll accept it comes from the breathing of Narayan. But they say ultimately it just exists, it's Apaurushaya. Apaurushaya again means not coming from any material person, that's, that's manifest by the greatness of the Supreme Lord. But they won't recognize that dharma, they'll, they'll recognize, yes, we should follow dharma. But that should be followed for the sake of satisfying Krishna. They don't get that point. They miss that point. So even though they follow, they may follow dharma very nicely. They don't recognize that. Dharma is ultimately meant for serving Krishna. That is ultimate dharma. But people who are attached to not being Krishna conscious, they won't accept that. Even like we see Jarasandha, he was a good Vedic Kshatriya. He followed strictly according to the letter of the law and he kept, he kept brahmanas in his court for performing yagyas and performing all Brahminical duties, but he had no... When, when Vishnu himself personally came in front of him, he didn't feel love for him, he felt hatred for him. So that is demoniac mentality, which the Bhagavatam is saving us from by giving us the pastimes of Krishna, and at the same time, giving us the philosophical background by which we can understand what is the difference between spirit and matter. What is the difference between one jiva and another? Now, there is a difference we can understand. What, what is the difference between the Supreme Lord and the tiny living beings. That's most difficult for the Mahabharis to understand and accept. But 
maybe after many, 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 say that, uh, many, 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 you can say, Bahunam Janmani, you can say, many, 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 many uh, lives, they may, the, the Gani, they may, if he's fortunate enough to have the association of a devotee, then he can, instead of denying the Supreme Lord, can come to accept that, yes, the Supreme Lord is Vishnu and surrender to him. But generally, they don't do that. So fear here is dharma, that, they, that we should follow dharma. The first stage is one of fear. Yes, if we don't follow, we'll, we'll be punished. But then gradually dharma teaches us to be selfless. Just uh, the, Even the demons, they practice some kind of selflessness. That, that some of them. Some of them are following dharma, just like Jarasana. Then uh, Karna was known, Data Karna, his name, he was known for giving charity to the Brahmanas. So much so that Indra, wanting the benefit of his son Arjuna, and knowing that it was not possible as long as Karna had his, his diadem, I mean, Jewel and his armor that he was born with, he was born with that on his body, knowing that as long as he had this, then Arjuna could not defeat him. So Indra took the form of a Brahmana, just like Krishna, Bhima, Arjuna took the form of Brahmanas because they knew this. These, the Jarasandha is very dedicated to the Brahmanas. He'll never refuse anything to them. So Karna also, the same mentality, that he liked to please the Brahmanas. So Indra took the form of Brahman and begged, what do you want? I want your armor. So he had to, that was attached to his skin. It was, he was born, he had to cut it from his very skin. So he had that much attachment to the Brahmanas, even at the expense of his own life, to his own extreme disadvantage, he would never refuse to serve a Brahman, even if it's someone posing as a Brahman. And Brahmanas also, they they put dharma above even their own life. Like Drona, he was born in a Brahmin family, and had very much the mentality of a Kshatriya, but he was following Brahminical duties. So, even when Drishtadyumna came to learn how to fight from him, he knew very well that this boy is born to, to kill me. But he taught him, nevertheless. Fate is supreme. We, can, we cannot avoid that. But anyway, he's come, so it's my duty to, to teach him. So this uh, putting dharma above even one's own immediate dharma means what, what is my duty, right? my duty to follow. Even above one's immediate perceived self-interest, this <coughs> helps us to develop that 
broader vision that we were discussing yesterday, instead of this very cramped up, small-minded vision, I, me, and mine, as long as one has this I, me, and mine, then his consciousness is no more developed than a worm in stool who thinks the same thing. One may have a human birth and an aristocratic title, but if he's thinking in terms of I, me, and mine, his consciousness is not developed beyond that of a worm in stool who thinks in the same way. So dharma teaches us to be selfless. That's the beginning. Maybe first of all out of fear. If I don't follow this, then I'll be punished. But that, that by, by following selfless, selflessness, one is gradually elevated to a purer state of consciousness. And then ultimately, Savaipung Sangpuro Dharma Yato Bhaktir Adhokshajan. One has to come to accept that the highest stage of Dharma is to perform devotional service to the Supreme Lord. How? without any personal motivation and always, constantly, without any interruption. So Kapila Dev himself is explaining this fear of the Supreme Lord. Uh, it is a beginning stage it is not an advanced stage. The demigods here are the, who are overseeing the different functions of the material world, they're being mentioned here. It's not a very advanced stage, but it's, it's required for in the beginning that if we think that, oh, I shouldn't eat meat because then I'll have to suffer. So fear is there. Or I one who's more advanced, he'll never even think of eating meat. Or if I blaspheme the Vaishnavas, I'll have to suffer. One who's more advanced, he, he can't even imagine what does it mean to blaspheme Vaishnavas. One who's less advanced, he's, he's calculating. That what shall I do? How, what will be for my benefit? One who's fully advanced, he doesn't calculate what is for my own benefit. He only thinks... What is for Krishna's benefit? Even my own discomfort may be. I, I may have to suffer by serving Krishna. People, they're often not ready to accept that. If we take to Krishna consciousness, the different demigods, they won't like it. Our family members won't like it. People will speak against us, but a, a devotee who is more fixed and advanced, he won't mind. Even others, they criticize. But he'll go on. Never mind, not minding the criticism of others. He doesn't fear the criticism of others because he's, he, that means he's transcending the platform of social fear, social ostracization, People will, they'll all talk badly of me. So he doesn't fear that anymore. But he, uh, he only wants to serve Krishna. Even, even if the whole world 
is against him. He has to serve Krishna. So, Hare Krishna. I'll finish there. Any question? Yeah, please. When we are preaching, should we use fear? Invoke fear. Should we invoke fear while we are preaching? To some extent. But it shouldn't be the whole and sole basis of our preaching. That if, if you if you do this, if you do, then you'll go to hell. We, we, I, we were just discussing this in the last few days in the classes. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's contribution is it's on a significantly higher platform than just simply getting people to act in a way because they're afraid of going to hell. It can be misused also, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's contribution. People think, well, we're devotees, we'll just chant Hare Krishna, so we'll be free from sin. But such a mentality is in itself sinful. So, people need to know what is the difference between piety and sin. Otherwise, we find many people in Bengal who consider themselves devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who also eat fish. And they think, well, the Lord is very merciful. Will he, will he stop being merciful to us for a little thing like eating fish? So they don't know. The, or the, or the, there's a perverted understanding of how to attain his mercy. Within devotional service, we can warn devotees that be careful of apparatus, otherwise you'll fall down. The fear of losing Krishna consciousness. But there's also the positive side uh, that that's ultimately more important that that people should learn of Krishna's names forms, qualities and pastimes so that we can develop attraction for them. That's the positive process by which automatically we don't feel like engaging in sinful life because we've got something so much better. So both things are there. Though generally we emphasize what we could call the positive side more. Developing our love for Krishna. Jai Hare Krishna.